Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers Friday Night Lights promotion special. I think um, half of Northampton is ready for their beds after staying up all night, partying after the uh, Cobblers heroics last night. But joining us tonight, we've got the usual suspects. First up, Andy Bodfish. Hello, Andy. You must be really happy after after the game last night. Just a bit. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal, wasn't it? Two performances in those those last two matches. Which you, you just couldn't have dreamed about. They've just been magic down from somewhere. I can't quite take it all in. Lockdown, COVID has been the making of the cobblers again. I can't believe it. It's that threat of an international pandemic that makes them play to their, their, their top level. But I think it was actually a performance befitting of the actual format because it's about just hitting the ground running, isn't it? And just doing it yeah. over those two legs or two or three, three games. And cobblers actually did that. I reckon, I can say it now, because we, you know, we won it. But I reckon if we were the season would have finished, I reckon Port Vale would have pipped us. So, but but that fact that we were in it to an extent a lottery or a, you know, just yeah, win take sort event that really helped us, and we we were the worthy winners. On uh, of the I whole don't game. know. I mean, I probably I was probably in the more pessimistic camp. I mean, you know, when things shut down, what would have happened if that hadn't have happened? You know, you have to revise when the facts change. You change your opinions. Would would we have ended up in the playoffs anyway? I'm not so sure myself. I don't really care now. Yep, it's all irrelevant now. Ian, are you? Uh, have you still got playoff fever? I'm there at 11:30. My clever wig and Jester's hat. Boys <laughs> back to six fields. <laughs> yes, academy. Um, having a fag with Nicky Adams. Elbow bumping um, the guy in the in the uh, cowboy hat that was driving Adam yeah. Moore. Amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? Amazing. Are you still down there now, Ian? Have you actually yeah, left six just trundling home now. I'm exhausted. I've been up. I've been up 21 <laughs> hours. No, it was like Andy said. It's like it wasn't real, was it? It was. Yeah. It was, like you said to me, you know, yeah. Um, you know these playoffs. Don't worry, because yeah, you lost that first leg, but you'll win three nil. Uh, you you win three nil away at Cheltenham and then beat beat um Exeter four nil in the final. You know, but like you said, it was it was just like a mini a mini sort of cup tournament, wasn't it? And yeah. probably got in and thought, right, this is my big chance now for, for my promotion. I'm going to do it. And he, you know, it, in retrospect, it's really good fun, isn't it? I was watching the game again today 
at the time, the nerves, the nerve. I mean, I had my mates were texting me when it was 2 0 saying, Oh, yeah. we're still going to blow this. And like when we were starting, Oh, this is terrible. This is, you know, the, this is unbearable to watch. But it's like, I don't know. In a way, it was never in doubt, was it? It was amazing. Very, very similar performance to, um, to last Monday. Monday nights, every every cobblers game should be on a Monday night. <laughs> Monday night cobblers. Martin, do you think that continuity helped cobblers on the the road to success? I think I think we. I mean, we probably all had said, hadn't we, that you know, as as bad as the first performance or as flat as the first performance was, the intensity of the second one, and it was then wondering, well. You know, are you going to split the difference and have something halfway in between, or are you going to carry on almost at, at that level, or would you re- revert? And I think, I think what we got, while it wasn't the same level of intensity, and it's a bigger pitch than Modern Road. The first five five or so minutes, you're like, yeah, they're at they're at it today. Now it was a bit, it started off open and a bit worrying, but once they got it by the scruff of the neck, it was a um, hugely proud night as a Cobblers fan. It's now kind of exciting as we see what it looks like as we um kind of plan for a season in league one and going to the likes of you know big big clubs like Sunderland potentially Portsmouth and um you know some of the smaller um high achieving clubs like Accrington and um that lot up the A605 <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a there's a derby day at Peterborough or two on the way Jake I've got a lot I want to talk about on this but first things first I want to talk about the Sheriff of Sixfields where Ian okay. touched on you know who is that guy I mean, we've got a cowboy in the midst now, which I think can only be the reason why we've been promoted. So when you bring in sort of cowboys, it lifts team morale, obviously. And I think we should now be called the Northampton Gunslingers. I think maybe, <laughs> I think maybe we should change our badge to. We could keep a from a shoe to a boot, but put like a put some spurs on it, and maybe like a lasso, and uh, all that sort of thing. That guy, I need to know. I need to get a positive idea of that guy before the new, the next season starts, because for me, is you know, he's the key to all of this. Are we talking about, sorry, are we talking about that guy next to Nicky Adams in the photo? There was a guy yesterday, I messaged Ian uh, straight away when I saw it to say that he'd been blessed by a visit from the Sixfield Sheriff and uh, to get good luck to hoot, holler and share. Um, <laughs> and um, I think I, I, from then onwards, I mean, you know, Cobbers win 4-0. So yeah. I'm not well, saying... This is it. What, what made you think that, by the way? I mean, you were straight out with that, 4-0. With 4-0. 4-0. Yeah. Just, well, when it, Andy, when it comes to the cobblers, I'm quite simply right about everything. And uh, <laughs> well, clearly, well, clearly, there's I mean, no that debates. Came, that came from the gut, mate. It's uh, hey, it came from quite a gut as well after this lockdown period. So. <laughs> I think, uh, Jake, with your winnings from putting a bet on the four 0 you can actually take over the cobblers and, and install this. Basically, a Texan gimmick in the football club, the Gunslingers. <sighs> I'd love that. I, I personally, like, like when, when Cadoza changed the badge, but I'd really change it. Like, yeah, like I said, just full cowboy regalia. I turn up in a hat every week, you know, and we, and, and we sort out who, we decide who kicks off by having a gunfight. That's the changes I'd make. Basically, just shooting uh, pistols in the stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not, eh? Especially turning into an American adventure world. Yeah, hey, I love a theme park. That's one of the famous <laughs> things about me. Do you know when there's a, there's like a cowboy on the roof and someone like pretends to shoot and then they fall off. We could have like someone falling off the roof of the West Stand and obviously onto crash mat. I don't want to uh, induce any sort of. It would. I, I mean, all these ideas about how to improve the match day experience, a full Wild West performance. <laughs> 
is yeah. top of the list in my opinion. I went, I went Charlie Good like leading the team out on a horse on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is that be done? That would be amazing. A rodeo, do you know, like a bron- bronchim, uh, bronco, or like a fucking bronco. Let's just say probably some dodgy film you've watched. <clears throat> let's just say if. Uh, yeah, if if Kelvin is... Thomas would just return my calls, then this could be a reality by the time things kick off. Do you ever see yeah. that uh, that vintage seventies <laughs> kit with tassels on it? Was it like in the <laughs> NASL in the seventies? You ever seen that? It was like the um, Tampa Bay uh, Rowdies, the, the, I think. Uh, the Caribous. It was something like the you know the Ottawa Caribous or something. It exists. A kit with tassels on it. You know, like the... uh, leather. Just ridiculous. Get Charlie Good out. Where but also. The cowboy thing does fit in with our history just as much as the shoemaking because we've been owned by cowboys. Much <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Ian, mate, that's this... a pun and joke I've been searching for in my head for the last two minutes. Silent. <laughs> I knew there was one in there. It reminds me of my favorite, one of my favorite um, A-Team episodes when uh, oh. they had to help, help the Lone Star Cab Company out. The Lone Star Cab Company had a sort of a uh, Texan gimmick and uh, it ended up with... Yeah, they. I think was that the one where they created like a cabbage rocket. It was a great episode. Yeah, that reason. Reason... <laughs> <laughs> I remember this episode too. They, they definitely had well, on one of them. They had to. They uh, ba Baracus or whatever. They created oh, a uh, a weapon that shot cabbages at people. And obviously, no one ever died, did they? Sort of. Hit, you were no, just mate. Sort of... And weirdly, all that was in the warehouse before was like a, a coat hanger and a, a pair of shoes or something. And not, like they made this contraption out of nothing. Mm. I think that might not have been every episode of the A team, though. That, that was. Describing that, was every, that was every episode. They well, clearly got their weapons in the same place as stormtroopers in Star Wars. <laughs> if you could have oh, a, an A team member of the A team crew as a manager of Cobblers, who would you have? Uh, face man. Oh, face man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, face man, the, the original one. Uh, what was his? Uh, the guy who played him. He was in Celebrity Big Brother. Dirk yeah. Benedict. Dirk Benedict, yeah. He can be uh, Cobb's yeah. manager. Yeah. Was good, good, with, good with the media. <laughs> well, he's the face man. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Howling Mad Murdoch. Unpredictable. I reckon also uh, B.A. Baracus would be a very, very solid choice, wouldn't he? You know, you're not going to mess about with B.A. Baracus, are you? He's, uh... You wouldn't be able to play in Europe, though, would you? Because, uh... Yeah. He ain't yeah. getting on the plate. <laughs> It's got a last day of term feel, this, isn't it? <laughs> sort of thing. It really has. Uniform free, uniform free day. Yeah, like we won't go into the into the match too much, too much. But what goals? What goal would you say stood out out of the four? I I, I quite enjoyed the first one actually from um, Ryan Watson because you know we were all quite nervous and funnily enough Chris Freestone said get a goal in the first 10 minutes and you're away and uh, he just sort of steadied himself really nice shift out on the left foot and then pinged it in and he you know what goal sort of stood out for you in those four yeah I would agree with that um, the only in terms of you know the cascade of goals and you know the, the way the joy escalated um, you have a different reaction to each goal and the only time oh, that I can remember feeling a bit like it was the England 5-1 Germany back in 2001 so there's obviously all the tension. You, so much riding on it. First goal goes in. Amazing. Second, brilliant. Third, fourth. You know, and obviously with the England game, fifth. We were just laughing by the time the fifth one went in. I mean, yeah. by the time the fourth went in last night, it was kind of like, 
you know, you're just standing up and just slow clapping. And yet this was, like Ian said, yet this was pre-written all along. Of course it wasn't. But when you're experiencing it at the time, you have a different reaction to each goal. But of course, the first that goes in, it's like, yes. Yeah, it's the deepest cheer, isn't it? Of the night, I reckon. The first one. All the cheers, though, were just pretty much um, the cobbler's sort of um, staff, weren't they? Like, you can hear Keith Curl shouting from a mile away. He, he, he shouts like... Yeah, it's a shame. Contact, I mean, just contact. He's got a really, like, loud voice. And you could, to be fair, they were like... They were they were loving scoring the first sort of 10 minutes or so. Um, Martin, another good showing from Callum Morton, wasn't it? Another man of the match yeah. performance. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Um, I think as a pair, they they work they work really well. I think, I mean, what everyone said, Watson's goal was kind of the the most important, and the footwork was fantastic. And you know, with the aid of deflection and fair play to him, he's come on so far since that that missed penalty and a rather anonymous performance the first game. I thought Morton's goal was the one that kind of I was sat with a few mates watching it, and we were. That was the one where it's like, we're not just on top and ahead here. We're really owning this game. And, um, you know, it was a, a lovely finish. I think sometimes I said this to a couple of people I, I was with, you know, and I've not played football at, at a high level. But those bits where you're sorting your feet out quickly to get the connection, that doesn't look as good as a 25-yard, 30-yard screamer. But there's a real technique to it. And, you know, the best players can do it. And, the you know, the, the players that don't make the top can't. And I just loved how he was able to kind of sort his feet out and just sort of hook that hook that in. And I really thought from that moment on, there were, you know, it was going to be a question of, well, maybe not necessarily how many, but you just couldn't see Exeter coming back into it. That came after Nicky Adams pulled up injured as well with his hamstring like Ian what what was going through your mind when you saw Adams on the floor do you think here we go typical cobbler's luck or were you a bit more confident yeah a, li- a little bit but we we scored firstly when he brought Marshall on I thought well he's pretty good so you know you've got to give credit to Curl for the signings that he's brought in this season he's brought in you know in a way obviously slightly different style and it's been a bit different and obviously this season is unlike any other that there's ever been in English football but the way Wilder and Curl both brought in a load of people who'd done it before, who'd, who'd yeah. got promotions before. Mm. I was just saying, uh, unlike Martin, I, I have played at a high level um, in the English game. I played in Division 4 of the Northampton uh, Sunday Combination. So, <laughs> no, I, I, no, but he's, um, yeah, like I said, he did, he did bring in a lot of quality. So the, the people he's been able to bring in, you know, Morton is a natural finisher and I think he'll, I think he'll probably play in the top flight. I don't, I don't know if he'll, if he'll play next season. If West Brom go up, I think, um, I think they might want to loan him back, hopefully back to us in League One, if not to a Championship club. But um, yeah, I think he will end up playing in in in, in the Prem. So you know, in the way, yeah, Adam getting injured, not ideal, but again, it was it was almost meant to be, wasn't it? In years to come, when he is asked, oh, do you remember the COVID crisis? It'll be kind of, yeah. Because, I mean, before it happened, I mean, he'd only just broken into sort of playing, you know, a professional level as far as I can make out. And then he ends it, you know, a kind of the toast of the town. It's a phenomenal run of four and from almost nowhere. I mean, obviously, Curl spotted 
what was going on there. But for such a young player who had that bad injury so early in his career to then come back in, to have that potential spotted, and then obviously delivers on it. I mean, everything came together, didn't it? You know, at the at the at the start of the easing of lockdown for Curl's decisions and whatnot. And however he assembled the squad and got them sort of, you know, motivated again. Certainly after that first leg. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal, really. And Morton, I suppose, been some sort of figurehead for it. Come from nowhere to spearhead the whole operation, almost. I reckon um, West Brom might be sort of tempted to loan Morton back to us because his performances of, with us have added probably another zero or two to his his value and he's, he's progressing ever so well with us. So if they loan him out to someone else, God forbid, you know, someone down the road or whoever else, he might not just have that progression. So hopefully yeah, they'll attempt yeah. to send it back. When he came to us, actually, he was, you know, he's, he's a fairly gangly sort of lad. He's not by no means mean the finished article and playing for cobblers has just really suited his style, especially like running onto balls and stuff. So, you know, fingers crossed that, but he sort of chases down as well, doesn't he? He's a nuisance as well, isn't he? When he hasn't got the ball. You know, the you know, like those sort of yeah, he's a real pain in the, the backside, isn't he? Well, I, I, I mean, we were we were sort of talking about last night. I think in order for us to be in the conversation for where he's at next year, we needed to be in League One because I don't, if you're West Brom, I, don't, I think he's proved that he's he's better than League Two already. Now, if West Brom stay in the Championship, do they think he's ready for that yet? I'd probably think no, but maybe as a squad player, you probably want to get him a season of League One football or maybe League One football till Christmas. I'd like to think we're in the box seat now for his signature because he had a great he's had a great time here. So I, you know, I'd have a little bit of optimism unless they think he's going to play Championship um, and they either loan him out there or replace them there. Then I'd like to think somewhere he's been successful would be the natural place for him to come. Unless I guess they get a bid for him because he's going to be hot property now and it might be a club that takes a punt. And we, we, all, we all know what club that is as well that doesn't mind yeah. slashing out a few hundred grand on a young <laughs> player. Let's not mention it. Let's not mention it. Jake, you, you know, watching the game, how, how did you sort of feel with no supporters in the stands? And I know you said that football might be better without supporters full stop. So yeah. I'd be interested to hear. Football without fans is everything. That's what we learned <laughs> from this last few weeks. The worst thing about it, that's true. That's it is. True. I, I, I don't ever want to go to another football game again because the Cobblers <laughs> have just produced their two best ever performances in a space of a week with no one there. And the best, <laughs> the best thing about it all is, like, I watched the highlights today um, that the club put on YouTube, and that doesn't have a commentary. So when Dean Moxie gets sent off, you can hear Vadane Oliver calling him a little runt. And I've not heard that for years. Like, that's... I was, I, I, I was, I was, I, I was on my feet again. It was, it was almost as good as any of the goals. Just here we go. You little run at him. Oh. <laughs> a little run is a very 1980s put down, isn't it? Like, there, there was it a, really there, is. There were a, a, a few more colourful things said to him, but... Um, he didn't call him a dick splash, did he? <laughs> I wish he had done. That would have been so much, so much more. I think That's a cla- classic put down. It was a bit, a bit weird, Moxie sending off, because there had been a flying... Ar- I mean, I'd spotted the, it. I'm yeah, like, totally. A flailing arm from um, McCormack. Yeah. And then it's almost like Moxie's gone for revenge, but on the wrong bloke. Yeah. Don't be doing that. At least if you'd have got the bloke that hit your bloke, there's kind of a bit of, 
you, you can just, you know, you're an idiot for doing it, but you can kind of get okay. You, you went so, against your mate. I'm so <laughs> pleased you, you flagged that up, Martin, because that was another little thing about just everything working out. Yeah. Because obviously you, you, you see that just at the edge of the screen before the camera pans. And you think, hang on a minute. Oh, no, something even worse happens to our lad <laughs> half a second later. It's just just everything just like, okay, yeah, of course. Why don't we go and score a third and fourth after that? You know, one of our top players gets taken off injured. You're thinking, here we go. Not a problem at all. Ian's just said it. The replacement comes on, plays excellently. Just stupidly fell into place. Stupidly fell into place. But that Moxie red card was so telegraph for him. I mean, it took him about 10 seconds to get to the player to take yeah. him out. You know, it was, I think it was Watson he took out by the ankles. Yeah. And it was just how like, what the, was going through his head? How the hell you could confuse those two players? I mean, did he think that McCormack had put a wig on? <laughs> could have happened. Could have happened. You know, this is the COVID era. You know, sometimes... Yeah, but I mean, they, they knew the game was up by that stage. The heads oh, yeah. go, don't they? You know, the heads do go. They're professionals. We all know that. And they're wonderfully technically gifted. But they're just, you know, they were hacked off. They were annoyed. They, you know, that was their season going up in smoke, wasn't it? You do things like that, don't you? You, you, you lose your head no matter how professional you are. It happens it at was. every level. But then I think McCormack... Uh, it, he, he knew what he was doing. He was trying to wind him up. He was trying to provoke a response from somebody because he was because that's the kind of he knows how to manage games, and that's why that's why it's his third promotion in three years. You know, it's not just about the the work he does on the ball. It, it's little things like that. It's a bit like Goode's habit of winning free kicks. You know, they're they're professionals. They they know what to do. The lad, by the way, he wouldn't have put a wig on. He would have put a cowboy hat on. But, <laughs> but, Yeehaw. But the lad, the, the lad I, think, I think the lad who did that foul, I think he was just pure frustration. I mean, it's like I was watching that, that same footage, that YouTube footage that Jake was on about. And um, the camera doesn't even follow um, um, Moxley. The, the camera follows McCormack because they think something's going to happen from that incident. And the game's yeah. almost stopped. I think, I think Watson had the ball. He was almost running in slow motion. And then out of nowhere, he just comes in. He was just... He was just frustrated, wasn't he? He's like, he's at Wembley. His season's in tatters. They're losing 2-0. Yeah. If, if he's not one of the players who's been released, then like, you know, three of his mates are. <laughs> it's just pure frustration. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. The, the thing I would say about that is that the, they were having their best spell, um, like, during that, when he got sent off. Like, they really came out um, all guns blaring, pardon the pun, um, in the beginning of the second half. So, and his sending off pretty much signaled the end of that. So I don't know if he was frustrated. I, my my opinion was maybe something happened uh, in the first half between a pair of them, and there was something that he just wanted to get, like uh, you know, hit him for, because it seemed it just seemed so strange. I was I was reading through um uh, not there was any ill feelings towards Exeter fans, but I was reading their sort of comments earlier on Twitter, and it was you know it was funny reading, and they were just like, what's he doing? I mean, no one could understand where I come from. Yeah, just such bizarre behaviour. Yeah. I think there's a point someone made earlier about mm. the signings we've made, um, you know, going for experience. But, you know, you do have a bit of, you know, what's referred to as shithousery. And I think we've got two masters in it, in Good and in McCormack. They're people who would probably, if they weren't footballers, would be in something involved, either managing people or psychology, because they've got an idea of what they can do. And 
you know, we've seen it with Goode getting Van Van Veen sent off um, and, and other things. <clears throat> and Cormick, it's just like, yeah, you know, the game's in a bit, not in trouble, but, you know, they're on top. He's probably thinking, I'll get myself a yellow here, but I need to kind of impose myself on it. Oh, McCormack, not sure if he's you know, going to be working in psychology, but he's, I'm putting him down as to be our chief stuntman to fall off the West End onto that uh, crash mat. I just wondered with with Exeter if, you know, that, like, as Jake alluded to, that and, and Ian has, that, that decision to sort of tell him that I think it was up to seven people aren't going to get a con- new contract, if that, you know, had an effect. It didn't really seem that sensible, does it? You probably know, you know, th- there might be a couple of people on the cusp of am I going to get one, am I not? Or if we go up, I'm not getting one. If we stay down, I am, or vice versa. But I... <laughs> I think you're probably better off telling people because if you don't tell people whether they are or not, they're almost speculating and you end up creating uncertainty where there doesn't need to be any. Yeah, could could work both ways, couldn't it? But I don't think even if, you know, they'd have been told they had a contract, I don't think they'd have beaten us anyway. We were just in that that, that form that was just sort of unstoppable. Um, I guess we should look to sort of the end of season and stuff and try and evaluate the, the whole season that, it would be good if we can all choose a, a player of the season. It's quite difficult because how can you choose one person from something that culminated in promotion? But I'll start with, I'll just go randomly. Let's start with you first, Ian. Who would you have as your player of the season for Cobblers 2019-20? Evan Horwood. Evan Horwood. <laughs> <laughs> Every season, Evan Horwood. <laughs> no, I'm not the- I think it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because um, McCormack was out. He, he didn't play that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the season was curtailed. Morton came in towards the end as well. Got to be Adams or Good then, hasn't it, really? Good, good. I, I go for Good. He's, he's led it. He's, he's led all the way through. I think he's, you know, they usually say, don't they, the best teams have a really good spine. And, you know, you look, at, you look back at the best Cobblers teams. There's, they've always had a really good spine. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll go for Good as, as player this season, though. You've, you've mentioned a couple of players there, and it's quite tough and harsh to split them, but I think Good. And Good, let's face it, he's got he's got a lot of suitors from higher division, so hopefully he'll stay with us. But if he does get transferred for a, a fair whack, he can um, you know, do, do do some good for the club with a, with a transfer fee. Um, Martin, what about you? Who would you choose? I think we're, we're all kind of thinking at the same pool of players who, who've re- really excelled. And I was kind of thinking about, about this today. And I think if I, if I was just vote, voting and loads of us were voting, then it's Oliver for me because I don't think he he's necessarily got the plaudits that he should. And I think he, he's had a great, once he got going, he's had, he's had a great season, a great influence on people around him. But I think if if you say, if I'm handing out, handing out the gongs and you've got... Nicky Adams has been absolutely outstanding, um, second most assists in the, in the football league. Um, I think his personality and leadership skills, you know, they add they add something. But how can you not give it to Charlie Good? I think he's been he's been a leader. He's been a colossus at the back. His level of performance every week is really really high. You know, he do, he doesn't have off days. I think he's destined to play at a much higher level than us. Um, yeah, he's he's my player of the year, but with so many honourable mentions, as, we, as we've said. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fair enough to me. Jake, who would you go for, mate? 
The thing is, I've really not seen enough of them. Um, I think I've seen maybe five games this year, including the last three. Um, but I think yeah, but just, you can do it on that. That's fine. That's fine. But I tell you what, I would say that the person I would give some credit to is Sam Hoskins, because you know, if yeah. you if, if on paper now he is a bona fide cobblers legend. He's got two promotions, one of them, uh, uh, yeah. you know, the league title. Then you got the playoff final. And he scored at Wembley. He's one of five Cubs players who have scored at Wembley. It's been here for five years. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like... Yeah, it's uh, true. I, I, always find with, I always think with Sam Hoskins, and one of the reasons why, you know, I, I kind of stopped sort of paying attention to the Cobblers as much is because I got sick and tired of watching young, quick strikers getting put out on the wing. It does my head in. And I think Sam Hoskins has been a victim of that from a, a, a majority of the managers. And I think when you play him down the middle, he is a goal threat. And I think it's kind of, he's, there's a bit of a misunderstanding, I think, among Cobblers fans. So they perceive his inability to finish as, you know, some kind of, he's, he's not very good. I think it's all down to where, where he's played. And I think he's just, you know, he, he, he has to have some credit. I think I, I, Charlie Gude is class. He's a very, very good player. Um, I think McCormack is a cracking player as well. Um, but I want, yeah, Hoskins for me, I, not again, not, I've not seen enough of them, so probably not player of the season. But for me, he deserves all the credit in the world for a lot of the hard work he's put into the Coppers over the years. That's a, that's a really good shout. And I, you know, I think he actually is a good shout for player of the season. I think statistically he is. Is he a top scorer? Assists, very high. Top scorer, top scorer for sure, I think. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's just because he's literally a quietly spoken guy. Doesn't make much noise and stuff. He's always you know a bit unassuming, even on the pitch to an extent, and does a lot of quiet work that you don't really. Well, I just I always, I always think that that first season I had a, um a, you know when he when he was under Wilder. I remember when we signed him from Yeovil. Yeovil fans were going like they were rubbing their hands, going we've just got rid of this absolute lump. You know he looked good. He looked he, like he was he was an integral part of that promotion side. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it's because he was being played right. You had uh, Ricky Holmes and, and Nicky Adams on either wing, <laughs> and you're playing Hoskins down the middle. Um, sorry to go into a rant about <laughs> where, where Hoskins should be no, playing. But you know what I mean? It's just, I f- yeah, he definitely deserves credit for how he's performed this season, but credit for how he's performed over the last five years as well. Yeah, I think he's, I mean. he's a bit of a victim of his versatility, isn't he? So if you've got someone that needs to play on the wing or track back or whatever, it's like, how you do it. But I reckon he would benefit from a little spell through, through the middle and see what he can do. But, you know, we can't complain because he's, he scored and he's had a terrific season. So, um, Andy, who would you go for, mate? Well, again, the shortlist, how can you add to, um, you know, the names already mentioned? I'd empathise with what Jake said because I only, um, yeah, I mean, I only sort of started being able to go again mid-season. Just before the the unbeaten run started, the winning run. I was interested in what Martin was saying because I've always quite liked Dane Oliver. He yeah. brings a lot. He's physical. Um, he will miss. He will miss. But he also, I mean, work hard and score a few as well. You know. Um, so I just quite liked Oliver. I like what he brought to the team, and you know, mm. I like I like the way we looked with him in there basically. And after Morton arrived, you know, the rest is history. He's got to be Oliver's got to be up there as one of our best signings because yeah. he came with not much fanfare from from Morecambe and I, I would say he's a League One level tie. Well, eight, eight, of, eight of the What's team the that won that won at Wembley joined last summer, didn't they? I think yeah. I'm right in saying. You know, I, again, I, I haven't compared it to you know playoff teams at that level and 
how far they get with such a, you know, whatever you want to call it, high turnover. But that's not bad going, is it? With all the circumstances thrown in. Yeah, I think Wharton, a bit of an unsung hero. He's, although yesterday he got a yellow card and I was slightly sort of concerned that whether he's going to stay on the pitch, he's actually, for his age, he puts himself about and he's a real presence. Yeah. And I think he's got a future. Maybe, I'm not sure necessarily the Cobblers being a Blackburn loanee, you know, he might end up in the championship, but he's quietly gone about his business and scored some crucial goals and, you know, combines for that real threat from set pieces. So he's one. And even um, Turnbull as well, he's another guy that doesn't really get much praise, but he's always there as part of that back three. Another you know, uh, player that doesn't court attention too much. But well, it's clean sheets in, you know, playoff semi-final and then yeah. final, you know, with the circumstances as they are, you know. I, I've changed my mind just listening to you guys about three times, to be fair. I was going to go with Oliver because he's just such a, a good sort of acquisition and sort of classic target man really has got all those target man skills and then uh, I was actually going to go with Hoskins as well because Jake's spelled that really well about what he brings to the team but I'm just going to go for Adams because no one else has and just his number of assists and watching him yesterday his ability to produce a cross from nothing it is almost impossible to stop that lad from crossing I've watched the defence and they just can't do it and he just puts in so many balls and he's up there in the EFL, probably even the Premier League with his assists. And so I'll go with Adams and just think he's a he's a quality player at this level. Whether he joins us in League One or just stays out in League Two, as has been his little uh, tradition, we'll see. But a fantastic player and, you know, really someone we're, we're lucky to have, really. Yeah, so there's quite a few now. We haven't really <laughs> decided on the pair of the season. There's a few good Adams, <laughs> but I think that maybe is testament to the quality that. Keith Cowell managed to bring in but it's spread quite across the board don't you think Andy? Yeah I, th- I think so um, yeah it's always difficult to pick one you shouldn't you shouldn't have to pick one I suppose you know not after the last couple of weeks you know just a nice 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 bottle of bubbly for everyone <laughs> what about one of those massive bottles of Bell's whiskey that the managers used to get in the 80s like, yeah. Like a five, I don't know, like a five litre bottle of whiskey. Yeah, all right. Cheers, mate. Some moonshine. <laughs> this is going back to the Wild Westland, isn't it, Jake? You're just thinking, uh, you're thinking it on brand the whole time. I haven't been able to so, stop thinking about it, Tom, since uh, I saw the sheriff yesterday afternoon. Baked bake beans over an open fire. It just sounds better and better every time. You know, that's another huge thing we could do. Baked beans. Oh man, I'm ringing. I'm ringing them after this. Or we could just have like automatons, like Westworld, like robots doing the thing, <laughs> and the, 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 the robots might rebel against us. It's going down a whole sci-fi. <laughs> We've got all summer to think about this concept. We'll sue Simon Cowell for fifty billion. No, how many billion? He's probably got like two billion. Two, we'll, we'll sue Simon Cowell for two billion for stealing Death Row Dogs and Pop Idol. We'll use that money to fund, you know, Wild Westland at Six Fields. It just makes sense to me. The PTS Academy Hootenanny, I think, is what it should be called. <laughs> The Colorado Caribous for that team with the uh, tasseled kits. Oh, man, what what a, what a team name! And in fact, uh, they probably you probably seen him play up in Canada, Jake, when you were there. I mean, you were you Canadian football, didn't you? Well, I, I did. The only what was that team called? They started a Canadian team. I think they were just called like the Five O Nine or something, which sounds like a sort of police department. Um, yes, did it? Yeah, I, I can't remember what they were called now. It was like the area code. It was either that. It was either that, or it was the uh, the basketball farm team. Um, 
yeah, but they had a funny name. Like, to be fair, Toronto FC is just called Toronto FC. It's probably the most uninspired name in the whole of the MLS. But the Montreal yeah. Impact, that's a good one. Montreal so, Impact, though, it's like a halfway house, isn't it? It's like sort of emotive, but Montreal Impact, it's a bit vanilla, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. well, as a diehard Toronto FC fan, I hate the Impact. So it's... Um, the know, Impact. It's, the the Impact, right. yeah. <laughs> Thierry Henry's manager now, that's... Uh, Little fun fact for you. On that bombshell of Canadian football team names and uh, Wild Westland, let's wrap things up. We might take a little break over the summer, but I'm not sure. We'll uh, see how it goes. We'll probably get bored in a week and uh, sort of reconvene. But thanks everyone for um, you know joining in. It's been quite good in the sort of lockdown, whatever you call it, to talk cobblers and stuff. And just really good that it ended in you know glory. Don't you reckon? Andy? Yeah, just a sense of unreality about the end of the season. Obviously, with what's going on in the world. And, you know, what's happened with the Cobblers? Just really, I mean, absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Um, supporting your team in a completely different way um, through, a, through a time when, you know, this is a club that's, what, 120 years old? And they've been to Wembley just to have a, a, a small smattering of times. And it's in the middle of this unprecedented global crisis. So, you know, I'll try and take it all in, basically. But at the end of the day, it's brilliant. Mm. Let's face it, we don't know what sort of state football is going to come into, you know, back into when fans are going to come back in. And I was thinking no. about it earlier, actually, that one, one sort of theory that's been put forward is that they might split leagues two and the National League into North and South and then have North and South leagues. And one benefit for me of getting promoted is that hopefully right, that if that comes to fruition, that we, we're sort of safe from that. We'll be in the league with like Sunderland and Ipswich and these sort of bigger clubs because... I wasn't. I didn't fancy going to. to I think you're right there. There's a def, like there could be a definite feeling of like getting out, you know, on the last chopper out of, you yeah. know, Ter- Tehran or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. um, problem is like, if the Premier League have to bail some clubs out or whatever, what is the caveats going to be to it? Or if there is some sort of bailout yeah. from whoever, what are we going to have to accept? And there's talks of wage caps already, and you know, God knows what we'll come back to. But cobblers have done their job up in League One. So hopefully, fingers crossed, in September when they've alluded to that fans might be able to come back in, you know, might be able to uh, finally get back into six fields, but we'll see, I guess. Jakes doesn't care anyway because he hates football fans and he wants it to be a Wild West theme park, don't you, Jake? So (laughs) (laughs) the longer it goes without fans, Jake, do you reckon? The better. You there, Jake? I guess he's had enough enough stick. I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Um, Andy's right. Jake's actually a, a Westworld style android and his, his malfunction. So if you can see Jake right now, he actually says when I went system ever. His eyes are like all like spinning around in different directions. I just want to say as well, Tom, you've been interviewing all these players all summer yeah. before you yeah. got lumbered with us. Yeah. And um, you know, looking back on the glory days, I just wonder what, when, when you know, 20 years time when we're recording this still, um, when we look at when when people are looking back, when Cobblers fans are looking back at you know, are they they're going to look at this period just as fondly? You know, where do you think it compares to to the uh, to Wembley uh, uh, '97? You know, and 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 Wilder's team. I mean, it's 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 right up there, isn't it? We're now I think we've now we've now 50% um, success rate at Wembley. We've scored five and conceded four. You know what I mean? It's kind of exercised the ghost of. Um, 
yeah. the Bradford game forever. I'm, I'm glad, yeah. you know, like you say, I'm, I'm glad not only not only Hoskins, I'm glad Andy Williams, they both got goals at Wembley. You know what I mean? So they'll be remembered now. I mean, like someone like Hoskins, he'll be like Roy Hunter. You know what I mean? He reminded me of him. You know, he was around for a long time, always put in a shift. Um, you know, long, long-standing servant of the club. Williams, you know, he might he might not figure in um, in the manager's plans, but he he was our top scorer. He got us goals when we needed them. You know, we didn't get any um, promotions when he was like you know in the team, but he, he he put in a good shift as well. So I'm glad he got his moment in the spotlight. And the other thing as well is. Obviously, you know, Wembley 97, 98, there wasn't a lot else going on at that time. There wasn't the internet. You know what I mean? I remember seeing Abington Street. There was nobody there on that Saturday afternoon when the whole town yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2013, it wasn't really like that. I think we sold 20-something thousand tickets. It was, you know, it was a good turnout by all means, but it wasn't the same. This time, no one really had anything else to do. It really did feel like the whole town was watching the Cobblers, whether it was, whether yeah. they were that, you know, and the, the eyes of the world or the eyes of the, the football world were on us um, last night. And, and you know, and, and what a performance to put in. You know, my, my in-laws, yeah. they're Coventry fans. They were texting me going, I've paid, I've paid a tenner to Archie. I mean, we should never have gone down um, when we did. You know, we, we should never have followed up Wilder's um, season with, with what happened. Um, we finally got it right. And I feel like we finally, you know, put that wrong right as well in a in a in but the but these these players it's, it's a completely different situation but you know i think these this this lot are going to be up there in uh in cobblers fans hearts as much as almost as much as wilder's team because of what they've achieved and they've cheered us all up haven't they when when everyone really needed it that's a good that's a good place to wrap up and really well said there ian um i've got a post cobblers curry coming on the way so i've got to disappear now but Thanks uh, again for, you know, joining in with everything. And, you know, it was a sort of an unexpected thing doing this podcast and it's come together really well. So we'll crack on with it next season, probably a couple of episodes during the summer and stuff. But um, for now, just take it easy, guys. And I'll speak to you all soon. Brilliant. Speak to you all Brilliant. soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Nice one. Guys. Bye, mate. Cheers, Tom. See you soon. See ya. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 